I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And the help we get from ASC certified technician Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive, he'll help you keep it running. Your vehicle needs uh, some service. You want to know what the heck is wrong with it before you bring it into your favorite dealer, your favorite shop. Uh, ASC certified uh, technician Dan Burns will help you out as he's done uh, good morning, Dan. I think we've uh, had you on CCO Radio for, what do we figure, 25 years or so? I think so. Yeah. It's come and gone a few times. You were about 15 uh, then, I think. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the club. All right. Yeah. If, uh, we've already started getting uh, text messages from our listeners uh, for asking for your help. So let me give you the phone number. In fact, the same number applies to both uh, your car care question for Dan on the phone or text, whatever's easier. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Well, we uh, we did not get as much snow as uh, the earlier forecast uh, were predicting, and that's okay with me. Uh, that's okay with me too. I'm yeah, glad about that. Yeah, in in uh, driving early in, uh, this morning was pretty good. The crews had uh, been out uh, and had taken care of uh, quite a bit of business already, uh, but we will be getting a lot of blowing snow, and and I was thinking. Maybe next year, maybe even yet this year, I want to try out some snow tires. I have not done that for a long time. You highly recommend them, don't you? I do highly recommend them. You know, my only hang-up with them is you have to store them. Yeah. <laughs> and in fact, if I didn't have to store them, I, I would have them myself. I think they're, uh, I mean, the, the difference is night and day with the traction on ice and snow and things like that, but... You know, it requires swapping them out spring and fall, and then you got to store them somewhere. And I just don't want to deal with that, so I'm willing to put up with the little slipperier conditions. But <laughs> yeah, they're uh, no, they're incredible. And and uh, you know, if you have a place to keep them, then uh, I think it's a it's a great idea. Yeah, they work great. All right, uh, I know. Uh, just a reminder to our listeners, Dan. Uh, Dan will be with us till just about seven forty-five. So if you have a question, don't wait. Sometimes we run out of time, and we still have some questions. We want to, to help folks out, get some answers. So call it in, text it in, and Dan will help you out. Here's a text, Dan. Uh, 2008 Hyundai Azera. Battery loses power, especially when cold. Dealership said it's the radio. Remove the fuse. After this uh, week's cold, battery dead again. What could be the problem? Well, <clears throat> uh, they're on the right track in that. When you when the battery is going dead, it's going dead for a reason. Uh, the first most obvious reason is that the battery's in poor condition and not holding a charge. The other obvious reasons would be if the alternator is not recharging the battery all the time properly, like it's supposed to. And while you're driving the car, the battery needs to get recharged, or uh, you know it'll 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 go dead eventually. And the final thing and the thing that they're looking at now is that there's a parasitic draw, meaning that something that you're, you think, you know, you turn, you turn the key off, get out of the car, you, after a period of time, sometimes, you know, a minute up to 15 minutes, all of the computers and the radios and the amplifiers and all of that stuff 
goes into a sleep mode like your computers, you know, in your house. And when that happens, then there should be very, very little draw on the battery. Just, just enough, just a little bit of keep alive memory in the, uh, in the computers, but the battery will keep up with that. And it sounds like what they're chasing on this one is something's not turning off like they think it, it's supposed to be turning off. And that can get tricky chasing that down. Um, if indeed the battery's good and if the alternator is charging and if something's not shutting off, there's a test that we do. We put an amp meter in, uh, in series, uh, and check the circuit. And if it's, I mean, if it's not going, if it's not turning off, we know that. And so then they're doing the right thing. They're pulling fuses and they think they pulled the right fuse, but there must be an additional one or something like that. That's, that's, uh, still happening so i think what you should do is take it back and have them get another look at it and and uh have them recheck their work because obviously something's still staying on and the thing that makes it really tricky is oftentimes that thing that's staying on is intermittent and oh. that uh, that really that that really makes it hard i guess 651-989-9226 that's the number for text or the phone call for dan burns uh we we get uh, here's another one uh, we get questions about cvts uh, those transmissions. Uh, Texter says, what is your experience with Subaru CVD transmissions? Are they as reliable as geared automatics? Uh, in my opinion, yes. They, uh, we've, we've seen no particular trouble. Uh, it would not be my advice to stay away from a CVT transmission. It also wouldn't be my, my advice to look for one. So I guess I'm completely neutral on the uh, topic. If, if you find a car that you like, and it happens to have a CVT transmission, there's no reason to stay away from that. I think it's just fine. I know in the past, Dan, you've tried to explain and, and uh, simply uh, what's the difference between what is a CVT? What, is, what kind of a transmission is that made up of? Well, it's, it's uh, kind of like a snowmobile. It's, it's uh, got an infinite number of gears instead of just four or five or six like you know modern-day geared transmissions. And uh, it it just the transmission shifts automatically with the load and the RPM and the speed of the vehicle, and I mean it doesn't really shift. It it moves, uh, uh, you know, constant velocity or uh, con- constantly variable uh, transmission is what it's about. And it's uh, there there aren't there aren't gears. It it continues to move based on load, speed, and uh, and RPM. Okay, very good. Uh, let's see. I know we have to break here in a couple of minutes. Uh, by the way, you can call in your car care question or send a text. Same number, 651-989-9226. Here's a text, Dan. It says, a uh, nine, 1999 Ford Ranger, 4x4, uh, with a 302 uh, with 271,000 miles. I had new brake lines put in recently, and my ABS light comes on and off. Is it something I should be concerned with? Well, anytime you get a light relating to brakes, uh, you should be concerned with that. Um, if it just started with the, since you lost hydraulic pressure, and if you had new brake lines put on, that's what happened. Uh, there could be air in the system, and that could be causing the brake light to come on, although more likely that would be the red brake light, not the ABS light. So I think what you should do is take it in and, and uh, have the computer scanned because the uh, the because the ABS light's been on, there'll be a code stored in there, and then you can see what it's related to. If it's related to hydraulic pressure, 
yes, you should be very concerned about that because that can get dangerous. If it's related to a speed sensor or something like that, you don't have to be quite as concerned uh, because if the ABS light's on for a reason like that, then the uh, um, when the light is on, the ABS system is disabled, but the hydraulic pressure would be just fine. In other words, the brakes will continue to work like an older-fashioned car. The ABS system just won't be involved. Gotcha. All right, Dan, hang on. We'll uh, take a quick break here, inviting our listeners to join in. Keep in mind, again, Dan will be here till just about 745. So if you have any kind of a car care question, uh, you want to chat with Dan or send him a text, 651-989-9226. Welcome back to CCO's Car Care Show. We have Dan Burns with us, ASC Certified Technician at Lloyd's Automotive, which is located where, Dan? Well, we are at 982 Grand Avenue uh, in St. Paul, right on the heart of Grand Avenue. You can find us on the web at lloydsautomotive.net, L-L-O-Y-D-S, lloydsautomotive.net, or give a call. We're open Saturday mornings, too, 651-228-1316. Very good. We'll get you that phone number before Dan leaves us. And by the way, Dan will be with us till about 745 this morning, so if you do have a car care question, call it in or text it in. Again, it's the same number, 651-989-9226. Bunch of text messages and we have some leftover from last week as well we want to pick up on. Here's one, Dan. It says, a 2016 Ford with an electric power steering, it stopped working. The repair shop replaced the battery, and it worked again for about a week, and then the power steering stopped. I shut the vehicle off, turned it back on, and the power steering worked again. Any thoughts on what the actual problem might be? Yeah, um, more computer-related because by replacing the battery, they uh, dis- or disconnected power to that to the power steering computer or the and the power steering rack, and then when they hooked the battery back up, of course, it reset everything and and rebooted, and that worked. And then uh, they did that. They did, you did that again by turning the key off and turning it back on, and uh, and so that worked. And that's all, actually all good information. Um, and for some reason, they were not getting any uh, good information at the time that the power steering had failed. So it might take for you to take the sh- or bring the uh, vehicle into the shop, tell them this whole story, and then uh, leave it with them long enough for the for them to get the power steering to actually fail, so that they can see what's missing and and uh, what's going on. Uh, is the rack itself bad? <clears throat> Perhaps, but but uh, more than likely, it's more of a of a computer or a sensor uh, type issue. So I think if you take it back and tell them the whole story and uh, let them get another shot at it, they'll have a better, little better luck with it. Very good. Here's another text, Dan. A 2008 Dodge Caravan. A yellow wrench light came on last night. What could that mean? Well, that means you need to. Bring your car into your favorite shop for service. <laughs> it's a light that turns on with, uh, uh, you know, maintenance, and it's telling you that. I, I'm pretty sure that, uh, you know, all those lights are all different, but I'm pretty sure on that vehicle it's just the maintenance light. And uh, if you bring it in for service for an oil change and for its my, uh, current mileage checkup, they'll uh, they'll uh, do the service and then reset that light for you. I've seen that before in one of my vehicles, and that's exactly what it was. It, I think it was an oil yeah. change, I think, something like that. Yeah, and, you know, sometimes it's a wrench, and 
<clears throat> sometimes it says maintenance required. They're all a little bit different, but uh, but usually it's just maintenance. Okay. Let's go to the phones. Uh, John is uh, waiting there in Minnetonka with a question. John, you're on with Dan. Yes, good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Mm-hmm. I have a 2013 Ford Focus. I recently had an oil change that included a tire rotation. Uh, during the service, they informed me that my rear brake pads needed replacing, and I thought, well, that's an easy enough job. Why don't I do it on a Saturday morning? And uh, I took the factory uh, provided lug wrench and uh, tried to get it onto the lug bolts, and it could barely fit on the lug bolts. And I just determined that all the lug bolts have been buggered up so that even the, the lug wrench won't fit on it. One of the lug bolts appears to be cross-threaded because it's at a bit of an angle even when it's been installed. Is there something wrong with those lug bolts, or maybe they use the wrong uh, socket, or any suggestions on how I should follow up on that or what I should do? Uh, mm. Well, we, uh, <clears throat> it happens all the time. It is the fact that it's, you know, that the lug or that the lug nuts have gotten rusted and corroded. And so uh, that factory supplied wrench is not sufficient to do the job. And um, first of all, when you get the lug nuts off, you're going to want to replace them with new ones. And to get them off, oftentimes we'll have a, a a three-foot breaker bar that we put on them to get them broke loose. And then we also have um, uh, impact uh, um, sockets that will get on there. And, and we actually, in, in, with professional tools, you can actually buy a half size. So I can, we actually have a, uh, like a uh, lug uh, socket that would be 19 and a half millimeters instead of 19 millimeters, for example, so that we can get it on there, and then you actually have to probably hammer it on there with a hammer. But to answer your question, to get those off, you're going to need better tools. The one that looks like it's cross-threaded on might very well have to be broken off. And with a long uh, lug wrench and a breaker bar or a pipe extension, you can uh, you can put enough leverage on that to break it off. And if you do, that's not a problem. When you're doing a brake job, you'll just have to replace that lug uh, um, bolt and, uh, and then, uh, take care of it from there. And this is big enough where you might want to bring it in and have some help. (laughs) Yeah. It sounds like it. Yeah. By the time you get all the tools that you need and all that, even if all you want to do is bring it in and get the lug nuts off and get that broken lug bolt fixed, then, you know, later on when you want to do the brakes, you can do that just fine. And uh, and everything will come off the, when they put it when they put it back together. They'll lubricate everything so that it works the way it's supposed to. But but that wrench you're trying to work isn't sufficient. I don't know. On a brand new car, those wrenches will work. On anything older than that, uh, they're not that helpful. So that's why so many cars now that days in here coming without spare tires. That's right. Because it's so complicated. You almost you know by the time you figure out the jack and all that, you almost can't change a tire yourself anyway <laughs> we were one time i was uh, out hiking in the middle of nowhere with my vehicle and it it uh got a flat tire by the time we came back from our hike you know five hours later and i was as i was changing the tire i thought if i was any less of a professional i couldn't do this like it's <laughs> it's complicated uh so anyway it's uh, yeah, I, those those tools are probably not sufficient for the job well, I've seen you rotate the tires before, and uh, not only do you use your, your uh, air tools, uh, but when you've got that car on the, uh, on the 
pavement, on the ground in your shop, you use a torque wrench, right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, so that they get tightened properly. And and whoever worked on your vehicle last obviously didn't do that, or or the one lug nut wouldn't be on crooked. Um, but at any rate, that's uh, that's that's past. We'll look to the future. And, yeah. And when you when you put those back on, you need to be sure that they're tightened properly. All right, Dan. We need to take a quick a break here. We've uh, thanks, John. We'll uh, we'll have more callers, and we have a bunch of text. We're going to try to get to. And uh, so stand by. This is our car care show here on News Talk 830 WCCO. And we're back at it talking uh, car repair. If you need it, your car, truck, or van, why don't you ask Dan Burns, who's an ASC certified technician at Lloyd's Automotive. He'll help you out before you bring it in for service. Um, Well, we've got a ton of text messages and callers as well. Uh, There's a a text that came in earlier, and I don't want to miss it, Dan. I know you've had to deal with this uh, more than once. This is a 2016 Pilot with heated seats. The seat does not get hot, and the element has been replaced. Honda says they just don't get hot, but a friend's pilot does get hot. What else should I be looking for? Well, um, I guess I would check for power and ground to the element to be sure that you are getting power and ground. And if you are, and then we would... Uh, check the continuity of that cable or the, of the seat pad uh, that they replaced. <clears throat> and uh, if it's warming at all, then the system is capable of working. And I don't know if it's a design problem or or what, uh, or if, 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 pilot, if the pilot changed things over the years, or if perhaps part of that new pad isn't working the way it's supposed to. Um, but at any rate, I think, I think you need to take that back and say, cause you, you know, it's not a new vehicle. You've had it before. And if the seat is not getting as warm as it did before, uh, then probably that pad that they installed is not working the way it's supposed to. Yep. Okay. Uh, let's go back to the phones before we run out of time. Uh, Jim is calling from my Sandy with a question. Jim, what is your question? Yeah, well, I got a uh, 2000 Jeep Turkey and the alternator, signal on the dash said check gauges. I checked them and it was down to zero. Well, then I got home and turned the key off and on because I know sometimes that'll recycle them. And it, it's been working fine ever since. And I also had it checked at, at O'Reilly's and they said it's perfect, you know. So where would I look to see what the problem is? I got one more question, a little quick one also. That's the one about the Chrysler product that used a lot of oil. Uh, what did, what was that gasket that you told me? It was last week, I think. I talked to you. It was a gasket you said that was maybe bad. Oh, the uh, the intake manifold gasket. What's happening is the the vehicle is uh, sucking oil into the intake manifold because it uses a whole bunch of oil, and uh, it's burning it uh, through the exhaust. So you should get that fixed. And with regards to your alternator, if the gauge, if the light came on. And the look down in the gauge was not in the alternator was not charging at that point, then you do indeed probably have a problem starting with your alternator. Uh, it's been working fine ever since, which does happen. That's not uncommon for that to happen. So my advice on the alternator would be just stick with it and see what happens. If it never happens again, forget about it. Uh, it could have been a little glitch in the body module or whatever. And uh, and not allowing the alternator to charge. If the light comes back on, you'll need to have somebody check it uh, 
during during when it's actually acting up. And uh, if that's the case, maybe you might have to have that alternator changed. Okay. Let's grab another call from Charles in Hammond, Wisconsin. Charles, you're on CCO with Dan. Hello. Morning. Hey there. I was, uh, I have a problem with my 2004 Sebring, you know. This thing, she ran out of gas at uh, eighth of a tank one time on 94. It read an eighth of a tank, but it, it I run clean out of gas. And no big deal. I called it a glitch or whatever, but it was a week later I ran out of gas at a quarter tank. Uh, once again on 94, you know, coming home. Mm-hmm. And then it happened again at three-eighths of a tank. And I know, like, there's gas in there. But I'm thinking, I think three-eighths of a tank is the new zero. And quarter's the new zero. And eighth of a tank is the new zero. So <laughs> i just put $10 in it each day. What What the heck? Well, let's get Dan's yeah. input here. Well, that's uh, uh, obviously the sending unit, the... the there's a float in the tank uh, that sends that information about how much fuel is in the tank up to the dash to the instrument panel. And either the instrument panel or the uh, sending unit in the tank aren't reading correctly. And so um, you'll have to probably bring it in and get some help with this. But we, we have uh, machines that we can hook up to the car and actually operate the gas and the gauge and, you know, set it to a different settings and and have it read uh the most common problem uh, with what's going on here with what your experience is that the the sending unit in the tank has failed and the bad news about that is, is it's the sending unit the the float the pump the whole thing so it's and, and you have to take the gas tank down to replace it so it's kind of a complicated uh, process an expensive process to get at. So that's why I think it's worth to take it in and, and have some professional diagnosis done on it before you just guess and uh, replace it. But uh, but I think you're probably going to end up looking at replacing that sending unit in the tank. Okay, very good. Let's grab a text or two before you leave us. Uh, here's a 2002 Saturn Runswell, five-speed manual. Uh, in last week, have driven it, but on two days, it would not do anything. Pushed, clutched down as far as I could, and would not do anything, then started up later. Read in a book that there is a place you can check hydraulic clutch fluid. Uh, think it could be low? My husband said uh, there is a safety switch. Any ideas on that uh, issue, Dan? Yeah, there is a safety switch, but I, I don't think on that car that, it, that it's uh, part of the hydraulic system. Um, and if the clutch is working properly, then the hydraulic fluid is probably just fine. Um, if the pedal is, is at the floor, it doesn't really care if the clutch is working properly or not. So you, you can just know that. Uh, the, um, and there's a whole bunch of other things between the key that you're turning and the starter motor that you're trying to get cranking. There's relays, there's wiring, the batteries involved, the switches are involved. So uh, on that, too, I think you're going to have to probably bring that in and get some help and get some professional diagnosis on it because uh, there's just too many things to start guessing on uh, that could uh, be causing that problem. So in, including the starter itself, uh, the starter is an electric motor, and it's not uncommon for them to intermittently work, and uh, and that might be what you're looking at. All right, here's another text, Dan. A fourth time, a texter says, this season my low tire pressure light has come on. 
I know cold weather will affect this, but being new tires before winter, could this be installation error or a bad valve? It could be all of that. <clears throat> I wouldn't call it necessarily installation error, but when you install new tires, it's very important that you clean the mating surface between the tire and the rim itself. You need to clean the rim off uh, real good and get that clean so that the tire will seal properly. And then around those sensors that that are in your tires, uh, replacing those would not be part of replacing a tire uh, because they're too expensive. You just don't replace those from a maintenance standpoint. But it is quite common for the seal around that sensor to go bad. So I think that if you take that back to where you got the tires checked and ask them to take another look at it, they'll uh, they'll see where the air is going, you know, why it, where, if, if it's leaking around the rim or if it's leaking around that valve stem. And uh, in either case, it's not a complicated process to repair that and solve this problem for you. I think we have time for one more text, Dan. It's a 99-1500 Suburban. After driving for about 20 to 30 minutes, headlights, only the headlights, shut off and then on. They're, they come back on after 20 to 30 seconds will stay on for two to three minutes, and then that cycle continues. The repair shop has changed dimmer switch and the main switch without a solution. What would you do? Well, it's a connection for sure. Um, I suppose in the headlight there's also a relay that could be causing that problem. But uh, what I would do is get out the wiring diagram, see where, where the, or how exactly that headlight system works, and then... Uh, Along that trail, I would look for some place where some wiring or some connection has been hot and has started to uh, melt a little bit, because I think that's what you're going to find is that it's a bad connection. And uh, the two most obvious places are they've already changed, the headlight switch and the dimmer switch. And uh, so it's got to be something else. And uh, the, the answer will be more clear if you're looking at a wiring diagram and seeing exactly how the system works and, and, com- and what components are involved. Very good. Dan, we're out of time. How do we get in touch with Lloyd's Automotive? Well, come on over. We are at 982 Grand Avenue in St. Paul. You can find us on the web at lloydsautomotive.net, L-L-O-Y-D-S, lloydsautomotive.net, or give a call as soon as this morning, 651 228 one six. What do you say we do another show next week? I'll be there. Okay, good deal. Thank you, Dan uh, Burns from Lloyd's Automotive. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.